We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody and welcome yo, yo, yo. back to another episode of No Other Pod, the Playoff Preview no Edition pie. episode. I don't know what this is. Playoff uh, Preview. <laughs> I'm Jimmy, and uh, the sing-songy man is Daniel Kuzer. What's going on, Dan? Rooting deep Playoff Week. It's a uh, <laughs> it's exciting stuff, man. We are we're we're back with you guys for hopefully not our last podcast of uh, this season. You know what I mean? Because uh, it's we're not one and done, dude. It's not yeah. a win or go home. Yeah, that's true. So, I didn't I didn't think about that. I was like, oh, yeah, it's playoffs. But I didn't think about that. Like, next time we record, our season could be over. And that's sad. Let's not let that happen. It's weird. It's weird to think about. Yeah. Uh, after all this is said and done, I mean, everyone wants to win the whole thing. But uh, a lot of people are counting us out, man. And I, I think uh, we got some haters to shut up, you know. And our guest today might have something to say about that. That's right. We do. We teased it last week. We weren't. We we didn't want to officially call it out because we didn't know who uh, if, if it was going to work out. But it did. We will be joined this episode by none other than Amadou Dia. Dia, so, born in KC, left back. He was kind enough to spend about a half an hour talking to us about his soccer journey, his time with Phoenix, his time back here with Sporting KC, sort of becoming that first team choice at left back, and and uh, maybe talking about some of the haters in the punditry. So. He's so cool, man. It, it's so cool that we're all, that we're best friends with him now. And uh, it's just, it's, I say that about every single guest. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. So you'll definitely want to stick around and hear that interview there. We, we record these on, on zoom right now. So if you hear a little bit of a breakup here every now and then, like, you know, internet's weird. So stick with us. It's, it's really not that bad. I hear it live as it happens, but if, if it pauses for just a split second, y'all will be fine. Just, just yeah. keep it going. Don't worry about it. My, I literally dropped out of the entire call when we were talking to Ali Trost and <laughs> just came back in and was like, what up? And I, I don't know if I told you, but even during Dia's call, I froze up for like 20 seconds. Yeah. And when it started going again, it's like I never left. Yeah. We see we, like a ghost. It was hilarious because you didn't freeze for me. I don't know if you froze for Amadou, but like you just kind of were like staring at the camera and like I, it was either when he or I were talking and it looked like you were just like listening. And then, and, and I never noticed until after you were like, I totally froze for like 20 seconds and did not know what was happening. Oh man. Glad I didn't like, <laughs> glad I didn't like pick my boogers or anything. Just, <laughs> oh, I'm frozen. Now I can, yeah. you know, adjust my bodily functions. 
but no, it's, it was a great interview. Uh, we would love to have Amadou back sometime. So that'll be in the, in the second half of this episode. Uh, but first, you know, I, we always, we always look Let's to first. see, we always look to see if we have new ratings or reviews and I forgot to look this time. Look? So this is me filibustering until I can get to, it's like a legal term. It is. And doesn't look like we have any new ones for this week. At least no, no reviews. We, 171 five-star ratings. Hey, that's pretty good. That's awesome. That, that goes up a little bit every week. So yeah, if you have not left us that five-star rating or a review, please do so. We'll read your yeah. review on air. Go get your new iPhone or something and, uh, you know, review, <laughs> review your favorite podcasts. Yeah. Order it online and have it delivered to your house so you don't go out into the world because everybody's getting the COVID. There you go. So, you see what my wife put online today? Do, uh, do you see her uh, Facebook or anything? If I, I haven't been on Facebook today. Yeah. I don't ever get on that much until she she's like, hey, I posted something. You should go look at it. And it was a big, long thing. Just saying like, you know, this is our choice. We're, we're choosing not yeah. to go home for holidays. And uh, I hope everyone else will follow suit and be safe. And yes, we're it's scared that our it. parents are going to be pissed. Yeah. And it was cool because her grandpa, her grandma commented and was like, we're not mad at all. We love you. And I was like, yay. That's we good. really thought you'd be mad. Yeah. Well, I mean, so canadian thanksgiving actually takes place about a month and a half before u.s thanksgiving it's in like uh-huh. er- early-ish october hmm. and canada's been doing very well with coronavirus but there has a report that came out today and uh, or earlier this week i don't know if it was exactly today when we're recording this that it came out um but the kansas city started a little right up on this because they were talking about how bad it is in, in kansas city right now the positivity hmm. rate in the kansas city metro right now is 39 percent is it really so in the nine county metro area yeah let's so let's bring that down kansas city but they just um, announced new guidelines they just announced like, new haven't guidelines we all been doing that it's apparently not <laughs> but in in canada their their cases have been flat pretty much the entire year then there's a line there's like here was thanksgiving and then it skyrockets and it's continuing to skyrocket because it just shows that even if you're getting together in small family gatherings, and this is what the CDC has been saying is really transmission is not happening that much through grocery stores or through that sort of thing. As long as people are following proper precautions, they're happening through super spreader events. So big events where people are getting together and spending a lot of time together and they're happening through small family gatherings, because even if it's five or six people, if you're getting together who you don't live with, you're increasing the risk of spread. All that is to say, we're not going to talk about coronavirus much in this episode beyond this, but please, Kansas City, be safe. We all want to get out of this, regardless of your political beliefs. We want None of us want to wear masks. None of us want to keep living like this. We all want things to go as close to normal as they can. Unfortunately, we're in a situation where we all kind of have to buckle down and, and, and as best as you can, because we know everybody's situation is different. Not everybody can work from home. That's, that's totally understandable. But just please do what you can to try to slow this so we can we can beat this together because hospitals are getting overwhelmed and it's not good. It's pretty crazy. I have a buddy who's from Chicago and he is with me here in Kansas City. And he said him him and his family, his family in Chicago and him here, they've been like quarantining, super quarantining for like two weeks leading up so they can get together on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's semi-smart. I mean, how realistic is that for everyone to do? But uh, I was so ready to bash him. I'm like, you go home for Thanksgiving? You suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, and that's why everybody's situation is different. I know that. I know it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. I just ask that please be smart and please be safe and please don't take any risks 
that are unnecessary. It, it's it's much better to have a Zooms giving with your family than it oh, yeah. is to uh, to get you or a loved one infected and and then burden the healthcare system. Right. So. That's and those the, jokes never get old. Having grandma like, where's where's the camera? <laughs> I, where are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is one kind of cool thing coming out of all this. Obviously, it's not worth the pandemic and the lives lost. But like, I do think at least for me personally, like my family and I are much more comfortable with video chatting now. And, and that's something that like my cousins and I, we play games like on a weekly basis now over yeah. Google Meet. So Google Meet. So you, you're logged on to Xbox and on google meet no i mean like actual like not video games but like we'll do Ooh. like card games or game you night know, stuff Dungeons prehistoric stuff gotcha <laughs> yeah so it's Very uh cool. it's fun but yeah so let's uh let's turn now to some soccer yeah so try to get some some happier stuff here going sporting kansas city first place in the western conference Woo! hosting the eighth place in the western conference team san jose earthquakes november 22nd in round one um l s cup kickoff is what time is kickoff i just three o'clock bro yes on uh fs1 i think i believe a little nervous about it homie a little nervous about it yeah yeah i mean aren't you but i think we uh we speak about it or have spoken like who the hell are san jose they could (laughs) they could beat you four to three or you could beat them seven nil like it's just we don't know who they are i i honestly think i'm feeling more confident than maybe i should be (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but but i look i understand that (laughs) this sporting team can be very hot or very cold sometimes we sort of play to whatever our opponent's level is it's very rare at least this year that there's a sporting game where it's like damn they were dominant and won four to one but even without alan polito who's still out due to injury this sporting kc team is very talented and and they should by all measures beat san jose something around a three to one score line well now peter didn't rule out Polito, right but i mean i think it's fair to say that he is gonna be out like they're not gonna take a risk with this man no yeah i i i would bet a, a large sum of money that alan Polito will not play on sunday uh i don't have a large sum of money to bet but if i did i would do that <laughs> peter i mean we know peter's peter's coy with injuries what was it like two three weeks ago where he was like not lying but like being sort of shady about like well no those players aren't actually on the injury report and then so they got taken off and yeah they can play and then they weren't in the team selection because that was weird that was super weird (laughs) so i don't don't blame him for saying polito's not going to play but but i mean assuming polito doesn't play in my mind okay that means probably Kyrie up top with Johnny and Gerso on either side of him, that's still a pretty, you know, pretty decent front three. Yeah, we've seen Johnny look pretty hungry lately. So yeah. I mean, it's I, I don't, I mean, that, let that Scott go eat, man. He's he's ready to go. Well, and one thing about about Johnny with with Kyrie in there is is Kyrie can his off ball movement is so good and he's so physical that the way that they kind of play it actually in my mind can work kind of well together because I either Kyrie finds that space and takes it up so when Johnny does his sort of little cut in and draws the two defenders he can kick it back to Kyrie in space or defenders knowing Kyrie's so physical they kind of have to stay with him and and try to keep him from sort of dominating inside the box which leaves more room for Johnny Mm -hmm. so then you have Jersel on the left side running 100 miles an hour yeah Jersel's just the blur 
Just yeah. call the blur. The biggest question mark for me is what is this midfield going to look like? Because that's, that's a big question, man. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about how the defense was so inconsistent over the season, but kind of all, the whole field's been inconsistent, right? With injuries mm-hmm. or national, national team people or just moving people around. It's, it's going to feel yeah. weird. Well, and I kind of feel like as far as the back line goes, we've kind of settled on a first choice back line. It's, it's, so. it's Dia, Winston Reed, Punchech, and Jalen Lindsay because Graham Zussi's hurt. I think if it's, if, it, if it's not that back line on Sunday, it's a surprise. See, now one thing, uh, one thing you'll hear about Dia, by the way, guys, I was curious why Dia wasn't in the lineup at RSL. Because that we were like, oh, it seems like he is locked down first team. He yeah. wasn't on the injury report. Where was he? So um, you'll hear in the interview where yeah. he was. Yeah. So um, it's not, he should be back on Sunday. It yeah, sounds I think like so. it was nothing bad. So uh, I think, that, you know, I would be shocked if it weren't Dia, Winston Reed, Bunchech, and Jalen Lindsay in front of Tamilia. The question sort of then becomes what's that combination in the midfield? I think the obvious choice is, well, it's, it's Gotti Kinda, Roger Espinosa, and Ilya Sanchez, which it very well may be. But what, I mean, Peter likes Buzio. Buzio's pretty solid in the midfield. What if he'd Felipe. rather have Buz- Felipe Hernandez? Is, is, he's holding his own in he's the midfield. He's proven himself. Too. So what if, what if Peter looks at it and goes, I'd rather have Buzio start in the holding midfield spot and bring Ilya off the bench in the 60th minute? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's possible. Well, it's not like you need a lot of rotation here either, because now playoff time is here. This isn't a play-in game. We don't have to turn around and play again on Wednesday or something. You know what I mean? Right. So it's uh, this feels good. This feels doable. We have the depth. Um, having Polito out is it's it's worrisome, but I'm not uh, incredibly stressed out about it. It's not. It's not like a, a you know a a season ender to not have Polito in there. Now, Watch I'd... him play, and then we'll just be like, well, we're done. <laughs> He's clearly healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think San Jose, they they started off the season real well, and they just kind of got worse as the season went on. Uh, you know, that's not what you want to have happen. And historically in MLS, you see teams that, that are on that downward trajectory and sort of back into the playoffs. They don't tend to do very well, because Sporting KC did that for like four years in a row from like, 2014 through 2017 they just kind of kept like oh we, we we were in a decent spot and then we lost the last you know three of the last four games and ended up and you know that fifth sixth seed and then lose that first round of the playoffs that's kind of what san jose has done over the course of the year they started off decent mls is back they looked pretty good and they just haven't really stuck with it now i'd rather have Polito back against a team like minnesota Let's say Minnesota beats Colorado. Minnesota scares me a little bit more. They're a decent team. They got Kai Kamara now. I just, I'd rather have somebody like Polito back for that game, but we got to get through San Jose first. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, but you sound like you're, you're maybe a little nervous, but what, what do you, as, as far as a prediction goes, I'm not going to make you give me a scoreline necessarily, but thinking a win or you thinking a loss? Um, I'm thinking a win, but it, it could it could be up in the air, man. It could go either way. Just guys, if you're listening to this right now, just go Google San Jose's results. It's all <laughs> over the board. I'm telling you, it's like, oh, wow. They had a, a seven goal game with this team. And then, oh, they didn't score any and got walloped 
six yeah. nil or something. So it's it's just nuts. It's actually a fun little uh, scroll through on Google if you guys. <laughs> it's you a little that. adventure. So it's it's interesting. Um, I, I'd like to say when I really do, but uh, it's playoffs, man. All bets are off now. It's true, and hey, it's MLS. Anything can happen in one game, and we. It's not like San Jose hasn't beat Sporting KC at home before. What, what was it, 2015, 2016, when Sporting KC was in the midst of their unbeaten streak at home, and it was the la- like the last game of the year at home, and San Jose beat Sporting KC like 5-0? Yeah, that it, wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is not that San Jose team, but San Jose has come to Kansas City and gotten results before. I just, you know, Peter's pretty confident in, in this team's abilities. He hasn't really listened to what the pundits have had to say. Um, you know, if you if you hear what he said on on extra time, he I mean, he said, you don't achieve first place because you're a bad team. I just don't know how that happens. I've been doing this for a long time, both as a player and as a manager. And I don't know how that happens. You know, I think if yeah. you want to say that, you know, it was a quote, one hit wonder, that team uh, would have been poor over a consistent number of years. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere achieved this. Um so he was like, basically, that's not us. I wish Charlie Davies was there because Charlie Davies has been bashing SKC yeah. for weeks, bro. Yeah. And he says, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really care. What matters to me is how we think about our team and how our guys think about themselves and how they go into their games. So Amadidia has some thoughts in the interview, too. He does. He does. So, what, oh, is that where we're going right now? No, I just was I was going to oh. tease that. Oh, uh, but yeah, Peter, then about, about Allen, he said, Allen is still week to week. So it's almost as if he's day to day and we're continuing to work. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, Peter. He's week to week. So it's almost as if he's day to day. Oh, thanks, Peter. That's an upgrade. Day to day works. Yeah. And then he said, so I would not say that he's in or out at this moment. <laughs> well, I see his Instagram, man. He's uh, he's running on the underwater treadmill and, and doing a lot of the uh, rehab uh, equipment that they have there. So, yeah, I just, this quote cracks me up. He's week to week, so it's almost as if he's day to day. I would not say he's in or he's out. Um, that'll be my biggest decision every day. And right now, like I said, he's not out, but he's not in. So it's totally clear. Well, <laughs> let me uh, it, look at this. Here's a guy who just got his question in on Twitter. Breaking news. Just barely got it in. Yeah. Jacob Latorno. Yeah. He says, if it's not too late... What real threat does San Jose tactically or specific players pose to sporting? And I, we kind of talked about it a little bit and how they're very inconsistent, but I would like to point out that Chris Wondolowski is the gunslinger, bro. All he has to do is stand right there or, or make, make Punchets foul him in the box or something, or just get little tap-ins. That's how the dude scores all his goals. All he knows yeah. how to do is score. So yeah. that worries me a lot. Um, because it's Wando. We all know who Wando is. Look at yeah. that. I got you, Jacob. I'm monitoring my phone. Well, so there's that. And then the other guy who's who's probably their most dangerous offensive player outside of Wando, because Wando's, Wando's been there forever, uh, Christian Espinoza. He's, he's yeah. a de- designated player, um, 25 years old. Uh, he came from Villa, uh, Villarreal. Uh, he, he is fast. He, he's a speedster. Um, he plays on the outside. He's a guy that uh, he, he's not Albert Elise because they, they play a little bit different styles, but Christian Espinoza has given Sporting Casey fits in somewhat of a similar way as, as Albert Elise, just because he's got that speed. 
So Sporting KC likes to push those those fullbacks up in the attack. And we talked to Amadou Dia about that a little bit. Uh, but when you push those fullbacks up in the attack, it's uh, it gets a little bit harder when suddenly you need to run back on the defense because you have a, a super fast guy like Christian Espinosa or Albert Elise cutting back. So it's yeah, just... Um, you know, he it's going to be nice to have some younger legs like Busio in there to cover that kind of guy. Could be. Espinosa mostly plays on the right wing, so it's going to be up to our guy Amadou Dia to sort of make sure he, he sort of keeps that covered. And Dia's fast, but as we speak about, did you know Dia used to be a forward? Yeah. A lot of people he, listening I, might be like, yeah, yeah, totally knew that. Uh, I forgot that back in his you know early college days at Clemson. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just not really talked about anymore, but it's like the dude just – he gets up, he gets up far. So he's really going to have to backtrack or someone like Ilya is going to have to help out, you know? Yeah. If I were San Jose, tactically what I would do is, is I would study the film of what Houston did to, to Sporting KC. Because Houston was not a good team, but they gave Sporting KC fits by sort of pushing that ball on the outside through the, the, the right wing and Albert Elise. And I would sort of do that with Christian Espinosa. Right. So, yeah. and that pulls defenders out. If Winston Reed starts cheating over to sort of help uh, Christian Espinosa, that's when... Your guy, Chris Wondolowski, does Wando things and just sits in the box and poaches a goal. Just sits there, man. It's it's could get crazy. So we I, we got to hop on him early. I'm, yeah. I'm excited and scared, and and I'm loving the afternoon kick time, and you know leaving time for the Chiefs later on in the evening. So yeah, and and if you look at what Matt Doyle says on on MLSsoccer.com, he he sort oh, of man. has one worry for each of the eight, 18 MLS playoff teams. That's too many. So uh, many. <laughs> He says it's still the defense. Sporting got the top spot in the West with a strong finish going 6-1-1 one, and one in their final eight games and posting three shutouts. Uh, they have, without question, looked better since the dog days of summer when they got gashed by the likes of Houston. Yeah. But he says he can't shake what he saw in August and September, and he can't shake what he saw in 2019, and he can't shake what he saw in the 2018 playoffs. The defense worries me. Shake the damn thing, dude. We're hitting our stride right now, okay? <laughs> it's all about form, and we are in it, baby. Yeah, and and uh, it's if you look at what he says about San Jose, he's just basically like, they just had a weird season with some amazing performances, like you said, and then some of the worst soccer this league has seen since Chivas USA, and there was pretty much no in-between. Yeah, <laughs> so. so it's like they barely are in the playoffs, and I, I really hope we uh, – Send them home. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Have a, have a fun flight uh, immediately after the game, all the way back. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Sporting KC is definitely the better team on paper, but who knows? So, but it sounds fun, like we're, guys. we're both saying a, a victory coming out of Sunday. Hope so. But it's a new team, bro. I know we've had an extra week off too. And so it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It will be fun. So, um, Let's see here. Uh, just another, you know, couple of things uh, to mention before we kick it over to the Amadou Dia interview. Uh, did you know that as of uh, yesterday, Tuesday, November seventeenth, it was ten years ago that Sporting Kansas City rebranded to Sporting Kansas City. That's right. How cool is that, huh? How many of you became fans when that happened? Because, like, kudos to them, man. They marketed the hell out of it and, yeah. and made it a big deal. You know. November 17th, 2010, during a fan rally at Kansas City Power and Light District, the new sporting Kansas City brand was unveiled. And if y'all remember, I was not an SKC fan back then because I was still in, in college in LA. People didn't like the name at first. 
it was it was a little bit rough i mean it was kind of that like oh we're going with another european name and kansas city wizards was was unique and different even though at the time it still wasn't cool people sort of reacted a little bit negatively but i think obviously the city of kansas city has embraced the name and the club and, and the identity and and i actually think even yes even though it is a, a european based name it's at least unique amongst that yeah i so. i don't mind that name near as much as a united fc or yeah. fc united it's like what or pick one houston dynamo fc is that on uh, the end of dynamo they as of literally today when we're recording this on tuesday oh gross hold on i'm gonna go vomit hold my hair they announced their rebrand now i will say their new crest is very good they announced their rebrand yes by adding two letters oh my god that's like saying hey notice anything different about me and it's like you trimmed your eyebrows yeah good well, job here, let me let me read you the club statement from from the houston dynamo general manager oh can't wait Adding the term football club to the Dynamo was an important decision because it illustrates how much we've grown. When we first started, there was only a team, but we have grown into a true club. But just saying we are a club is not enough. What matters is truly becoming a club. Okay, fucking cream pickles. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Well, no. Oh my God. What matters is we're doing a rebrand because <laughs> we have not been good in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so this will help. Yeah. Well, did you remember that their original name was not the Houston Dynamo when they moved? It was like 1836 Houston. Oh, really? Was the, the name briefly and, and, and then they changed it to the Houston Dynamo. Because everyone was like, yeah, we're not going to say that when we talk about you. <laughs> yeah. I think they were kind of good because, you know, like there's some of those German teams where it's like, their name is their city plus the year it was founded or whatever but now their dumb chant in the stadium is gonna have to be like oh dynamo fc dynamo <laughs> fc yeah so i will say that doesn't get in your head and make you want to shoot yourself their badge is is very good and the houston dash badge is even better but yeah houston dynamo fc is dumb so okay. sweet <laughs> yeah it's it's no bueno but uh Let's see here. Uh, let's kick it over to this Amadou Dia interview. We'll have a couple other things just to touch kick on it. after. But uh, stick around and listen to Amadou Dia, left back of Sporting Kansas City, after the break. everybody and welcome back and as promised we are joined by sporting kansas city defender amadou dia amadou how's it going man it's going good how are you guys doing doing great man good, you're, you're good. supposed you got to call him t man like we're That's best right. friends now so he goes by t it's in the it's in his zoom right there it is. it's whatever is easiest whatever is easiest so <laughs> It used to be straight T. Everyone that called me Amadou, I was like, no, it's T, but now it's I, I don't care. It's whatever it's easy as for anybody. Right, so. yeah, cut that three-syllable nonsense out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's a that's not a bad place to start. I know you've answered this question before, but, you know, we've, we've got some some listeners from all over, new listeners, new Sporting KC fans. Where would T come from? Um, and so my first name is actually hyphenated. It's Amadou TDN. And so when I first came to the U.S., I went by Tidian, 
And my first soccer coach in Colorado, he was like, no, TDN's too hard, so we're just going to call you T. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And it just stuck from then on. That's I get that question a lot. Every time I introduce myself, it's I introduce myself as Amadou now. Unless yeah. it's like really loud or out, I just say T because then it's too hard. Like, Amadou, what? Amadou, yeah. what? All right, just T. Yeah. yeah, so. I think it kind of goes, so, it goes over people's head. A lot of people don't think uh, that they forget that you were born outside the States. You know what I mean? Like you were pretty yeah, much raised here so. and uh, uh, went to Clemson, right? Yes, sir. But uh, Fr- French born, man. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think people forget because I don't have an accent really anymore. Yep. Right, right, right. So let's, uh, you know, 2020 has been crazy for everybody. So how, how have you been handling the pandemic and especially coming back to Kansas City after being away for a bit? How has how, how this year just gone for you in general? I mean, it's just been pretty up and down, just like everybody else in the world. And so I've been just trying to deal with it to my best of my ability, just like everybody else. Um, came back here. I was really excited. Um, preseason went well. First couple of games, I actually played my first game with the SKC2 team. And so that was very interesting. And then now I'm over here after like, what is it, six, seven months, I'm on part of the starting lineup and everything. So it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a very interesting journey, but I'm grateful for it. For sure. And, and, and you, uh, you know, you first came to sporting, started your professional career with SKC, went away for a little bit, had some time with Phoenix rising, um, probably one of the, or if not the premier club in the USL. Um, what do you, what do you take from Phoenix? I mean, what do you, what you learn the most with your time away from SKC? I mean, I think the biggest thing that I learned is to get my priorities right. Because I went into MLS, was very excited, and I started doing the wrong stuff off the field. And so then I had to end up being a, ended up being in USL second division. So to me, that was a big wake call. And so when I was down there, luckily I had the opportunity to learn from best, like Didier Drogba, Sean Wright Phillips, Jordan Stewart, Peter Image, and I saw how they lived their lifestyle and how it took to become a pro and how they were so far into their journey and stuff. So I got as many tips from them, learned a lot from just watching them, being around them all the time, and then just I got a lot of my confidence up at Phoenix as well. And so I became I learned how to become a leader over there, and I try to bring that from there to over here. Is, is there a – was there a little chip on your shoulder? I mean, you're – in MLS, you're playing some games and you essentially get bumped down to the, the lower league. I mean, are you kind of playing with a little bit of chip then? Absolutely. I mean, I was more disappointed in myself for it being ended up going down there and so starting in MLS. And so I just used that as motivation. But all three years that I was at Phoenix, my main goal every year at the end of the season was to try and get an MLS team. And every time, every year that did not, an MLS team, then it just motivated me more and more and more every year to do better. So I remember when uh, Phoenix Rising came to play when they were still Swole Park Rangers, and I was like, this might be one of my only chances to ever see a guy like Didier Drogba play in person. So I was like, I got to get there. You know, growing up as a soccer fan, as I'm sure you were, what was it like sharing a field with a legend like Didier Drogba? I mean, it was surreal. I remember the first day I got there and I saw him in the training room and I was just like, 
this guy really here? Like right now, am I staring at DJ Drogba and stuff? So I didn't want to big fan him. So I just like acted through like, hey, nice to meet you and stuff like that. And then he's an amazing person. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. And he's very humble as well. And so he just took me under his wing right away. And then we came, we came very close. It's kind of cool that a legend like that is investing, not just in American soccer, but like second division American soccer. He really sees like potential there. Absolutely. And he wanted to win. Like every time we played every game, there was no other option but to win no matter what. If you're on his team, even in training, like if you're on his team, you better win and stuff like that. And so he brought that mentality and that uh, professionalism to our team. And I think it helped Phoenix a lot. For sure. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't big league him or anything. And you were like, uh, what's your name? What? Did he? How do you pronounce that? No, I could never. <laughs> hey, when, uh, when, when Peter and the, and, the, and the staff brought you back, did, uh, did Peter say anything to you about what he thought your main role would be within the club? I mean, no, we just had a conversation. He told me just welcome back and do everything I need to to just help the team, really. And that's about it. And the rest was up to me. And so just took it on from there. I, I remember some of those early uh, – you and Kyrie both, man, were just smiling from ear to ear. I'm like, these dudes are just happy to be back, man. Like, they're, they're excited to get going. They want to win. Uh, what, what was that feeling like immediately? I mean, you, you look pumped. I was like, so excited. I mean, to come back to Kansas City. Ever since I got drafted here, Kansas City has been a second home to me. And so I love the city. I love the fans. And I, I mean, just love the soccer around here. Like, you know, everybody knows around the league. Like, if you come to Kansas City, it is a winning club. There's nothing else. And so that's, I think that's the thing I was most excited about is I come to a team that competes for the MLS Cup every year and is very close to winning it. And so... When I came back, I was very excited. I know how it goes here. I know how the staff handles it. I know the players and things like that. So it couldn't have been a better comeback team for me. So in, you've obviously increased your playing time as the season has gone on. And in many fans' minds now, I mean, we, we're kind of like a fan podcast, we like to say. Uh, but in many fans' minds, you're the first choice left back. They, they want to see you in that starting 11 when, when they see the team sheet come out. So, you know, one, how has it felt watching your playing or living your playing time increase as the years gone on? And then two, what does it mean to you that the fans of this club have embraced you and, and now in, in many's mind, you're, you're the first choice? I mean, it's a huge thing for the fans to pick me up the first choice left back to me because the fans mean a lot to me and to the rest of the guys on the team as well too. And so my thing is now that I am here and I'm kind of seen as the first choice left back, I have to make sure I keep it going. I cannot get complacent and plateau, just be happy like, all right, here, maybe I secured my starting position. I'm good. Like, no, absolutely not. I got to keep doing those extra deals that I do after practice, watching film, um, just keep getting better every day and make sure that was my whole goal this year. Um, I know I'm not going to come in and get a starting spot right away. So work my way up little by little. First, make the 18 consistently. Then, uh, then maybe get some playing time, then get my starting spot and then secure it. And so I think now I'm at the starting spot slash secure stage and I just got to keep it going and going and it's perfect time and just in time for the playoffs. Yeah, man, you've been having a really good run of form, uh, getting, up, getting up the field, uh, throwing in crosses like crazy. It's been, it's been real exciting to watch. But at, like you said, you want to stay focused and really be a mainstay in that position. 2020 has been nuts. How, how hard has it been to, to stay focused? Um, 
with all of that uncertainty to keep your motivation up? I mean, at first it was, it was a lot of uncertainty before Orlando. So when we were figuring out negotiations with the league and stuff about contracts and all that stuff, that's when a lot of unsure was. But as soon as we got down to Orlando, we knew we were going to go down to Orlando. That's what everybody was like, okay, all right, we focus on Orlando first and we'll deal with everything later. So we focus on Orlando and then we didn't know if we we're going to have a season the rest of the time. So we came back, took a couple of days. And then as soon as they said we we're going to have a season, it was focused right away for the rest of the year. And so at first it was a little bit up and down. Are we going to play or we're not going to play and stuff like that. But as soon as we found out about Orlando, it was just focused for the rest of the season. How hard has it been? Because obviously this, this regular season, even post Orlando, has been very different than any other MLS regular season. So especially for like road travel days, you guys are flying to these other cities the day of the game, flying in, playing a game, flying out. Like how, how, how difficult is that as, as a player? To be honest, I do not mind it at all. I might have actually liked it better than going the day before. So I think going the day of, I think we don't have to wait as long for the game. You land there, we go to the hotel, do some activation, take a nap if you want or anything, and in a couple hours you play the game and then you fly right back out after. So instead of waiting all day the night before and all day just sitting around doing nothing, at least when we go the day of, you're active, you're moving, you're not just thinking about waiting for the time to go by and things like that. And so to me, I like it a little bit better because it just keeps me more and more focused. Nice. Well, you know, the club obviously didn't have a wonderful year last year. Um, you weren't here, so you're probably the reason they're doing better this year, uh, is what you can tell people. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, man, it has to feel good to be number one in the West. And I kind of I wonder if there's any talk amongst the club, uh, amongst the players. There's a lot of pundits out there, a lot of different podcasts, not us, because we love the team and everything, but people saying you guys haven't played anybody. People saying you haven't played these tough teams, the LAFCs, the Seattles, the Portlands. Are you excited to maybe play them in the playoffs and shut people up? I mean, we see it. We don't say anything about it. We just see it, take mental notes, and just we'll just let our game do the talking, and then we'll just see what happens. But, I mean, November 22nd and so on and so on and see what those people say after the season is over. And so to us, it's just motivation, and we're excited. It's time to keep it going. Tell me to keep it going. Well, you're getting hot at the right time. I mean, that's this is what you got to do going in the playoffs, mm -hmm. right? Very cool. Absolutely. Keep talking, Matt Doyle. That's what he said. Keep keep chirping on that extra time, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, we so I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you that. What might be the goal of the year in all of MLS, but especially it seems like for for Sporting KC was. Eric Hurtado's volley but you had the assist on that and it was an absolutely gorgeous cross so one I just want to know like when you sent that ball in what were you thinking was going to happen and then when he connected and put it across the goal into the top left corner like what went through your mind I mean the thing when I saw Eric we made like eye contact and like he was pointing that he wanted to go to the ball behind and behind so my goal was to just put it in behind to a spot where he can at least take a touchdown and at least be somewhat into on goal so that was my main thing and I hit the ball it was in the air for a bit and I was looking and I saw him jump up and I was like okay and then he hit it and it went over 90 and I was just like I was as shocked as everybody else. I didn't know what to do, what to think, just celebration, just everything was just going crazy. And we, so I was just like, all right, Eric, 
you got it, man. You definitely got it. Go to the year. So it's funny because I give him crap for being a terrible finisher at practice all the time, but he's actually very good. So I'm glad he scored that. He should definitely get goal of the year for sure. Yeah. His, his, his reaction too. He played it so, so calm and cool. Just walks up to the cauldron, you know, like no big deal. I, I think it yeah, was it Jerso, I, I think. I know just... deep down. Yeah. I know deep down he was reacting just like everybody else. <laughs> he was just trying to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he, he played it off. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, Peter's Peter's style asks so much of fullbacks, especially in the attacking phase of the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, d- did you see that as as a strength of yours before you came to Kansas City, or is that something you sort of have have had to learn and develop through your time here? Um, well, I first switched to from forward to left back when Coach Linden dropped me down there in sophomore year, and he said we're gonna basically try to play you like a Marcelo. And ever since then, I've been just playing that, and I've been learning and learning. And when I came to KC, I learned a lot more from Peter, from Z, from Kerry, and from Ash. I do a lot of stuff with field after practice, watching film, doing extra little drills and such and stuff like that. And so my progression, my learning, I keep learning every day. It's not like okay, I'm here. I've got a little starting position. I've got a little bit of playing time and I can just stop doing the right things. It's no, I got to keep learning, trying to get better every day. And so my success goes a lot credit, a lot of it to the staff and a lot of it to the guys next to me and all the players as well. So, I like that you said that about being a forward before for a little bit, because Peter loves to use those, those uh, uh, fullbacks to get up and you can see how comfortable you are up there. Not a lot of fullbacks are that comfortable, but you want to go forward. Um, do 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 you have, do you just want to uh, provide assists or do you want to also maybe uh, maybe get a goal in a couple times? Well, I mean, my goal is to just get up there and follow the game plan and do anything I can to help with either score or bring it back or keep the ball since we're a possession team. But as soon as I go up there and I get a 1v1 chance, my eyes lit up and I'm going for that meg every time. <laughs> first, I'm going for that meg first, the 1v1. If I don't get it, I'll try to beat you and put a ball in a, in a good spot where somebody can come and finish it. But most of the time now, if I can't get forward, I'll just let Jerso just watch Jerso from right behind him. So <laughs> I don't mind that either. <laughs> right. That dude's fast. Uh, uh, you, so fast. <laughs> you came in, was it 2015, I think, was your first year in MLS around there? Yes, sir. Uh, so even in those five short years, the league is, has evolved and changed a lot. Um, new teams, new new DPs, the players like Zlatan Ibrahimovic have come and gone since you joined the league. What what do you think is is the biggest change in the league over those five years, and and where where do you see the league continuing to go as it develops? I think uh, the biggest change so far, I think, is uh, a lot of exposure a lot of exposure outside of the country. We're getting a lot more international players. We're getting a lot of people in Europe watching the games, TV deals and such like that. You guys see veterans like Zlatan and such, Nani and things like that, drop where they want to come and they want to play. And so them coming over is elevating every uh, everybody's game from every club. And so with the expansion teams that are so successful, like LAFC and Atlanta, that brings the level up as well. And so, and I think... Um, just the players have stepped up the game as well and things like that. And so I'm very excited for this league and to where it's going. It's going in the right direction, definitely. You know, to uh, kind of speak on this this last game in RSL, we, we couldn't help but notice you weren't up there with the team uh, and, and you weren't on the injury report. 
and I, I'm thinking Amadou Dia, he, he just doesn't play in snow. He's like, nah, I ain't going up there. I see that. <laughs> I see the chance of snow. I'm not about that life. Uh, did you have a little knock or anything or, or just uh, taking a no, rest? It was a, it was a little, it was a little, a little knock I picked up two days before practice. So it wasn't mm -hmm. time for the injury report. Nothing major. I'll definitely be back in ready to go for the playoffs. And so that's nice. the main goal of the staff was like, listen, we got one more game. We can definitely do it, uh, win the game and stuff. So we're not going to risk you. We're just going to take your rest and just come back for playoffs. Now, nice. now we're recording this a good 11 days before the game uh, against San Jose. Have you guys, are you kind of taking this week to just chill out or are you, uh, have you already started prepping for them? I mean, we're getting ready. We know San Jose is a good team, very tough team. I mean, very fit, very physical. And so we're getting ready. We're taking every day, no matter what, to get ready for this game. We know it's going to be a tough game and we do need to take every single opportunity we can to make sure we're ready for it. Even though Children's Mercy Park isn't going to be able to have full capacity, there's not going to be 20,000 fans in there. What does it do for your confidence to know that we locked up the number one seed and the playoffs in the West run through our home? I mean, we talked about this today, actually. Even though the stadium is not going to be sold out, the fans that always come that have been coming this year have been incredible. To me, I mean, yes, there's maybe a difference in noise, but them being there lifts us 100% more. And it's a big thing, home field advantage, to get to play again in front of our fans. So I know it definitely gives everyone of our, on our team a lot more motivation to do a lot better. And so we're very excited. And hopefully, as the games go on, we keep adding more and more fans. I've been trying to convince John Farrell to ask the people, ask the league to let us have a sold out game if we make it to the finals and we play at home. So we'll see what happens, but probably not. Yeah, that sounds like a super <laughs> spreader event right there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you can, you can always ask. You can always ask. So. That's right. Hey, uh, so kind of when all this is said and done and you guys are, you know, able to do normal things like go out to eat or see a movie or something. I mean, is there anything that you are just missing right now that you, that you used to be able to do and now things are just abnormal and you cannot? Um, I miss my family, to be honest. I haven't been able to see my family a lot. I got my brothers and my dad to calm down, but I didn't get to see my stepmom. I my mom's still in France and such like that and stuff. So as soon as this is all said and done, hopefully we can go, I can go out there and go see them and spend some time with them and my friends and just relax. Does your mom get to watch the games from France? Does she get like a international login or something like that? Yeah, she tries to, she's up at two, I mean, she's up late, so or early in the morning, I guess, or yeah. yeah, two, three or four in the morning. And so she tries to get up and watch it. If not, she watches all the highlights. Always texting me, good game and stuff like that. So, number <laughs> nice. one fan she is. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, just, to, you know, one or two more questions for you, and we'll, we'll let you go. Um, injuries have been a little bit of a problem on, on the back line, just off and on throughout the year, and, and Zussi went down, and, and obviously that, that was kind of a bummer. But somebody like, like Jalen Lindsay, a young guy, stepped up and, and really, really done a good job. Uh, how has it been watching a young guy like him sort of step into the lineup and, and, and have you, I mean, you're, you're a veteran, you're not an old guy, but you're, you're a veteran yourself. Have you kind of like been able to help him come along in that role as he's filled in? I mean, Jalen Lindsay is a talented, like a very, very talented young man and he's going to do big things hundred percent. And I know that he came into that spot when Zussi went down and play like he's been playing there, starting there all season 
and it's how he's been. Even in 2015, when I was here, I remember playing with Jalen, and he was fantastic as well. And so now coming back, he's grown so much maturity and confident-wise, and so he's been killing it all year, and I'm very proud of him. Maybe I'll try to give him some tips and stuff, but he, he's got it, and he's got everything he needs to make it big. I say I think Jalen, Lindsey, including Lucio as well, they will end up in Europe sooner rather than later. I hope so for them because they deserve it. They deserve to go and test out their skills. I think they can definitely go out there. Yeah, and do he definitely that. plays with a load of confidence. Does not look his age, uh, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, no, now you're part of that back line. Not. You play in front of what we would argue to be the best goalkeeper in the league, uh, men's international team snub, Tim Melia. Uh, he can get intense, man. Uh, yep, 100%. Does he ever yell at you? you? You ever do something wrong? He just lays into you at all? No, I mean, Tim knows how I handle criticism from him and such. And so he, when I do, if I make a mistake, he'll get on me, but he knows that I know about my mistake, so he doesn't need to linger on it. And so, but he knows how each person reacts. And so he talks to everybody the way they would react the best way. And so that's what makes him so good as well. Very cool. Yeah. So as a, uh, I go to the press conferences sometimes because I sit in the press box and, and, if a game goes well, I'm never worried about it because Peter's in a good mood asking questions. It's great. If a game goes poorly, I'm always a little scared for my life if I ask a question because I'm like, if I one wrong word and I'm worried he's going to jump over the table and, and choke me. So is the, do you have any, any funny Peter stories where it's like either like maybe a game didn't go quite right and you're like, oh, we're, we're in for it or, or it's just a funny story that you can tell from either practice or the locker room about Peter? Oh, I mean, everybody knows Peter is an, is an intense guy. He's very an intense guy, but he's passionate about the game, and that's how he is, and I think we the team feeds off of him. And so we know that if we're going to lose, it's not going to be good, and we don't want that um, curiosity to come towards us, so we do everything we can to win. That's yeah. good motivation right there. <laughs> I also I kind of wondered if you guys ever give Peter the uh, auxiliary cable in the locker room, let him pick the tunes for pregame. Nope, never happened, but <laughs> we might have to change that. Maybe try it out. <laughs> Great idea. I, I, I see Peter as a Beach Boys kind of guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I do not know what type of music he listens to, so that's very interesting. Maybe I will ask him to play some music sometime after we win. <laughs> Who always takes control of the, of the, the music after the, the wins? Um, usually it'd be like Daniel or Busio or okay. something like that. One of the young guys, they, they know the new hip, the songs that are out there. So they keep up with it. Nice. Keep y'all young. Very cool. Jimmy, I, do you have anything else, man, for T? I, I guess the, yeah. the last, last thing I'll ask you is like, you know, Dan mentioned this, you, you've, you've answered this well about what the pundits are saying, but is there any team in particular in the West where you're just like, man, I want to take them out just so we can shut everybody up. I'd really love to play Seattle or Portland or LAFC, or are you just like, Hey man, put whoever's in front of us and we'll take them down. I think right now we're just focusing on one game at a time. And right now it's uh, it's Sunday. We're taking it as a final. And so whoever, whatever team's going to come to us, which is the big thing about your home field advantage is, they're going to get our best from us. And so I hope they bring their best as well and then make it a hell of a game. Those are the best games when you get both teams to play their best. And so that's what we love. That's what we want. And at that point, that way nobody else can say anything. I hope we play all the best. And we would love to play the defending champs, of course. 
But we take it one game at a time. And first is San Jose, and we got to do everything we can to prepare for them, and then we'll move on from there. Good answer, man. Well, cool. Awesome. T, thank you so much for taking some time to, to talk with us. You know, we'll, uh, we'll obviously be watching closely and, and hope for some good uh, victories over San Jose and whoever else is to come after that on the way to an MLS Cup. So good talking with you. And, Absolutely. Um, maybe we'll do this again soon. Yeah, just let me know. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, take All care. Right, Stay safe. Thank you so much. Right, see you guys. Bye-bye. See you, bye. bye. I like I do enjoy how yeah after every one of the guests we get you're like best friends now best friends so oh, that's how it works man. I you know a couple takeaways there I, yeah. I I wanted to make him open up a little more about uh, about when he said like he had some off the field issues and he had some growing up to do or whatever and we just don't know him like that and we do try to stay professional I know that's hard to believe and you're laughing at, at that <laughs> statement but I, I really oh guys you don't know how hard it was i was biting my tongue like i was gonna be like like what yeah. like please please go on <laughs> well i don't remember and and, I, and to be fair i'd have to go back and look it up i don't remember any reporting or anything about any yeah. off the field issues he's had when he left skc the first time Every, i think everybody just kind of thought like maybe he's party a lot i don't know who maybe knows speculate yeah. if you will maybe <laughs> Maybe he killed a, uh, an endangered species in Arizona. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's hope not. But yeah, he, but I the- mean, it's it, it kind of makes sense because I remember when he was here before, I was thinking like, I actually thought he had some good potential. And then the, yeah. he, he went a separate way and that's fine. But he said he grew a lot in Phoenix, especially learning from players like Didier Drogba or Sean Wright Phillips. So, you know, and now I think you can sort of see the maturity he has in his second stint with SKC. And that's kind of why he's sort of almost taken the reins of that first team left back spot. Yeah, man. And, and he should feel like this. Uh, like he said, he feels uh, very, very proud that people consider him like the first choice of left back. Um, but as you heard, he, he picked up a little knock that didn't make the injury report uh, before RSL, but I thought he just didn't like snow. You know, he's like, Peter, I'm just, it's a no go for me, man. Too cold. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Arizona for a bit. All right. It's not, not cold down there. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad to have him back because I, yeah. I think Luis Martins is fine, but I like having two people that can sort of fight for that starting left back spot because it elevates both of their games. Were you ready to run through a wall when he was like, yeah, we hear all the talk. <laughs> we hear it. And he just kind of shrugged it off. Like, yeah they're idiots we'll we'll yeah. show them and i was like let's fucking go <laughs> well it kind of matches like what peter said where he's like i don't really care what anybody else thinks like what matters is what we think about us and, but it's just True. it was kind of nice uh, I, I think we called out doyle specifically and you called out charlie davies because they the, doyle again is still mentioning skc's defense and charlie davies like you said was like i don't buy this skc team they haven't played anybody yeah because dia could have given that professional answer like they're trained to do you know like uh well, I no, you know, if people are saying things, that's their prerogative. We we go out, we play our game. You know that you know those answers that they give to press that are just like tailored yeah. answers. But I like that he was like, "Oh no, we hear it," you know, and, it, and it's trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, ma'am, hey, I hope they can back it up on Sunday. It got me excited, like yeah. just having him on here, dude, and, and just opens up a world and an avenue of uh, 
you know, more guests in the future. So Hope I'm so. excited about that. And uh, man, we've grown. <laughs> it's been, it's been a little over three years we've been doing this now. And it's kind of cool because I, I remember that first time, first uh, week, it was after the U S open cup, I believe in September, 2017. And we recorded our podcast and then I went to upload it to iTunes and didn't know what I was doing. And then realized, Nope, you got to have a hosting site. Didn't know that had to figure that out. That was uh, crazy. We didn't have microphones. We were just talking into our iPhone sort of headsets and it sounded terrible. Right, right. <laughs> and I remember we got a message from, from one of our listeners after, uh, I believe it was Matt, one of our listeners who, who he, he, he DM'd me and he's like, Hey, I just listened to your podcast. Like I actually work in, in radio. Like here's some pointers I have for you guys. Like I could tell it was your first time doing it, but like, keep, keep at it. Like there's some potential here. And, cool. and, and it was, it was nice. I mean, he was, very I don't think you told me that. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look. And it was kind of like a, you know, yeah, you guys are figuring it out and it was rough at times, but like, it was, it was, it was an encouraging message of like, keep it up. You'll, you'll get the chemistry down and you'll figure it out. So, and uh, I like to think Ooh. we did. Yeah, man. And, and having Dion, <laughs> I don't know if it was his internet or mine or yours, but uh, we're just going to say it's yours. And, uh, <laughs> But it was, you know, had a little issues there. But what are you gonna do, man? It's pandemic. We can't go meet at a coffee shop or you know yeah. do a face to face or anything like that. So we do the best we can. Overall, nicest, coolest guy. It just sounds like all these guys are real cool, man. Just yeah. uh, good dudes. Yeah, very cool. So shout out to Amadou Dia for for uh, coming on. Uh, thanks to to those at the club who who made that happen. If you're listening, appreciate your help. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep trying to get some guys on, some players and, and some people around the club and, and keep doing those interviews because we enjoy doing them for sure. Absolutely. So, well, yeah, last you, thing, you know, if someone has any uh, uh, suggestions on who we should have next, like who they need to hear from. Sure. Let us know and we'll, we'll make that happen. Sure. Tweet at Peter or at the club. I guess Peter doesn't have a, a Twitter. Um, <laughs> hashtag Peter, no other pod and, and get them on the club <laughs> or get them on there the pod. I don't, I don't know if Peter would, would enjoy us on the podcast. <laughs> that would be interesting. Definitely not. So yeah. I, I, I think, I think I mentioned this to you last time we talked about this. He'd, he'd get on the zoom call, see my face and be like, Oh, it's you. And then just close his computer. Yeah. No, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I'll make, I'll make it happen. I'll get his email or something, but uh, you know, how about, how about Dia saying, man, we ought to give uh sounds like we ought to give Peter the auxiliary cable for uh, the locker room, <laughs> you know, post game, parade and everything i was yeah. just like peter's beach boys guy right i mean what uh, what would peter listen to yeah and, uh, that's that's a good question some some van halen what what if he's just <laughs> judas priest dude just judas yeah. priest something pretty hard metallica yeah, that, he's like yeah i've been to 19 metallica concerts that'd be crazy <laughs> so before we he's sign a off here, yeah hey yeah grateful dad's pretty good maybe some jethro sure. tall in there um <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's talk about our final story, I guess, before we sign off, because it's it's been a little bit of a longer one here. Twenty twenty one, not that far away. Hopefully, a better year than twenty twenty. But MLS is already kind of looking at what does next year look like, and uh, MLS Soccer President and Deputy Commissioner Mark Abbott said last Friday that based on the crowded international calendar next year, we are targeting to start our season in early March as usual. So the restrictions on our ability to have fans in our stadiums this year contributed to very significant financial losses. And like all leagues, we are concerned about those restrictions continuing for a second year. 
and are continually evaluating how to manage through the impact of the pandemic in 2021. So as of now, March, I guess. So it's kind of a regular off season length, but put it on the hold, put it on hold. I don't even care yet. I just, we're, <laughs> we're in playoff mode, baby. Yeah. Like I, I can't think about when the next season's coming. We haven't lost. Uh, well, I, I hear you never lost, but uh, you know, people like Peter and the, I mean, they kind of got a nose cause they, they, they gotta be preparing, you know, obviously that Peter's preparing sure. for this game, but he's also technical director. He's got to kind of know like yeah. what, what sort of deadlines am I working on from a roster management standpoint? So, and, and from Jimmy's standpoint, he's, he's planning out our, our January and February podcast already. Like, he's, <laughs> he's ready to go, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but I don't know. So yeah, let's, let's get through, let's get through this uh, playoffs, hopefully a win on Sunday, but yeah, I just wanted to toss it out there that they're already talking 2021. So if we, if we could, you know, salvage this season with a long, deep run in the playoffs, maybe an MLS Cup victory, 2020 could come out a, a gen, general success despite everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> from a, from a, a soccer standpoint, yeah. Sprinkle a little bit of happiness in there, man. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd be feeling good. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll be hoping for that. Oh, but... sorry. I just saw your cat was behind you, and I was like, yo. Something's moving back there. <laughs> Look at his goddamn Paul. What the hell? There's something in the room. Oh my God. Get out, man. Get Call out. is coming from inside the house. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, that's my cat. That's your so, cat. Anyway, uh, on that note, that's all I got for this all week. Right. You got anything else for our listeners? No, nah, man. Shut it down. Th- big thanks to Amadou Dia. And uh, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll retweet us tomorrow or something. Uh, yeah. We'll tag him in this. Tag him in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at no other pod at Dan Kuzer at JC max zero three. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod. Shoot us an email, no other pod at gmail.com. And uh, make sure you leave us that five-star rating and review subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, do it by zoom though. Don't, don't do it in person because we're all being safe and uh, wear your mask. SKC just started that mask up KC or whatever campaign. KC has one man. KC has one. So Come on, y'all. Let's do it. We can get out of this, hopefully, with the minimal damage. So, but that's all I got. So until next week, we'll be back, hopefully, with a Victory Pod playoff edition. He's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. No other pod playoff edition. Yeah.